All right, I need you to watch the Steven Regal promo. Okay, do you want me to stop recording before no, I do? I'll put it at the okay. beginning of the episode because our other we don't have any good outtakes to put at the beginning of the episode because we're real sad. You're right. Sad times. Okay, watching the promo. Actually, hold on a second. Let's do it. Let's do it like this. I'm going to pull it up and I'm just going to screen share it to you. That way we can watch it oh, together okay. at the same time. Okay. 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 You there? You got it? Yes. Okay. This is a great promo. I might, I don't know how to put the audio in here, but. It's said that the eyes are the window to the soul. <laughs> but if you're a professional wrestler, it's the scars that actually tell the story of what your soul holds, whether it be because of torture, because of punishment, because of conflict. Stephen Regal is their manager, by the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's not wrestling from people who won't get into the ring and fight for a living. It's one thing to observe a tiger in a cage. It's another thing to take that step forward and to poke that tiger with a stick. But would you poke that tiger if there was no cage there? Would you even approach that tiger? It takes far more than the average person to even contemplate that, let alone do that. To face your worst nightmare, to face your fears, to face the fact that you may never be the same again. Wait, so are uh, Mox and Danielson married? Into the world yeah, that's their son, Wheeler Yuta. Combat club. Okay. Yeah. This isn't They've adopted him. Okay. A professional mm-hmm. wrestler anymore. This also, he's shoot bleeding in this promo package because they opened up a, a cut on his forehead. Where pain is <laughs> nice. constant. Where torture is just done for fun. Where inflicting as much punishment on your opponents as is possible is what we do when people are trying to impress others with their incredible skills or their holds we are dragging somebody down on the floor and making them feel like they're dying a thousand deaths we wrestling is incredibly heterosexual Oh, yeah. No one's more definitely a heterosexual than William Regal, a man who opens every time he steps on commentary with a compliment to how Tony Schiavone looks. Oh, my God. And not only feel pain, but start to scream in agony and cry and wish that they'd never taken up this profession. This is what you're doing when you face anyone in the Blackpool Combat Club. We will take you down, we will throw you, we will hit you. But every time we take you down or throw you or hit you, it will be harder. It will be more violent. It will be more punishing than anyone else you've ever faced. That is something that we revel in. If you gave a hundred people a knife and told them to inflict punishment on the person that they hate the most in the world 99% of those people would stab that person the people in the Blackpool Combat Club wouldn't we would cut you down the cheek because being stabbed you'll forget about in six months I prefer to think that all of us in the Blackpool Combat Club would get more 
pleasure out of knowing that every morning that you wake up, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to remember us because of the scars we left on you. I don't know. I feel like I can create I can think of more creative things to do with a knife and my worst enemy in Minecraft than that. <laughs> I love that line though. That last line of like uh, the scar like you're going to remember us because of the scars that we left on you. Fuck it. It's good. He's so good. <laughs> and it's what's wild is good. all three of those dudes, they don't technically need a manager because like Danielson can cut a promo. Mox can cut a promo. Yuta's pretty good at promos. But, like, no one's Steven Regal, baby. <laughs> it's good shit. It's really mm-hmm. good shit. And they're just, like, somehow they're baby faces. <laughs> that was what? what a baby face promo looks like, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess that's what a babyface promo looks like. I mean, I guess they're technically tweeners, but they get cheered like nobody's business. Well, yeah, it's it's Mox and Danielson. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And their Can child. You, somehow WWE released that guy. Uh, not not uh, Mox or Danielson, but William Regal. Huh. Well, I mean, WWE released the other two as well, so. Well, no, actually, the other two let their contracts expire. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So. Well. But yeah, I wanted you to see that promo because it was extremely heterosexual. It's extremely heterosexual. Tuning into Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, uh, is my Han Solo referencing co host, August. Hello. I don't know very many. This one's a. I mean, this one's a real reach because the the uh, in the I am my mom trivia notes, they're like the end is a reference to Han Solo and the Empire Strikes Back. And I'm like, I really don't think it I, is. I don't think it is uh, either. I mean, it's very re- reminiscent of it. But, you know, anyway. Hello, I'm August. Yeah. I'm not a Star War, uh, but you can find me on the Internet at Harpy Dora anyway. Um and my pronouns are they, them. If you're this far in, you probably know that already. But yeah, I'm not a Star War. It <laughs> If you're somehow, if you've chosen this episode as your first episode of our show, why? <laughs> yeah, there there are some good episodes. I, I wish I could remember the title of the one where we talked about the helicopter story, because that was a good one. Um, but anyway, yes. Hello. That's it. Hi. Yes. Uh, let's see. Cartoon news. Um, there was something I got real jazzed about. Uh, 
Oh, I think last time we recorded, we were really excited about Netflix picking up Nimona, and now Netflix is, like, seemingly cutting their animation division, and it's like, God damn it. Yeah. Cursed, cursed show. Yeah, we we were jazzed about that and then sad about that. Um, I'm scrolling through the TV show's uh, channel to see. Um, I, We recorded, like, last Tuesday, right? Yeah, so... Okay, so I did talk about the fact that we are the tag team podcasting champions. Yes. Okay, with the extremely tiny belts. Yes. Good, good, good. Um, next time you're up in Tennessee, we'll have to cut a promo for oh it. Oh my god. Okay, you're on. It'll it'll be for Blunt Pride, if not before. Okay. Sick. Yep. Um, the... I can't think... I felt like there was something this week... But I can't remember what. Um, I know Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse to whatever electric boogaloo got pushed back. Yeah, to 2023, right? Yeah, which is probably fine. Um, I'm not super concerned about that. I'm pretty sure Sony was like, oh, God, Morpheus bombed. We've got to make sure that the only good thing we've produced in years does well. Yeah. God, what a shitty um, movie. Yeah, because I, I really don't think they're going to fuck with it too much because mm-hmm. like it, it made mo- the thing. The thing you can say about Sony Pictures is they really do let directors just kind of do fucking whatever, good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's all I can think of. Do you see anything? Yeah, actually. Um. Okay. So I mistakenly thought that I could use my Google Play credit to rent movies off of Google Play. Uh, I don't know. Is this cartoon news or are you just mad at Google? I mean, I'm a little mad at Google, but not too mad because um, because I thought I could use my my play bucks on renting a movie. We rented Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, Yeah. Hey, wait, since when can't you do that? Because I've done that. It may be a Roku thing. Yeah. because okay. uh, Roku does notoriously hate everybody else. Yeah, so it may be a Roku thing, but um, we rented uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, I am still very sad that they shit-canned the Lady Ghostbusters. I would have preferred a sequel to that than Afterlife, but mm-hmm. Afterlife had some really good moments. I was very pleased with the direction they chose to go where they focused on the little girl instead of Finn Wolfhard. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, honestly, couldn't have blamed them if they did focus on Finn Wolfhard, considering he's Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, but but his character was was really a side character. Um, The little girl was absolutely charming. Yeah, I do see why they focused on him in the advertising, for sure. Oh, yeah. Again, Finn Wolfhart yeah, yeah, yeah. is a big deal. So, absolutely. But um, they they focused on the little girl who, when they cast her, like looked eerily like um, fuck, what's his name? Egon. Egon's actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a good job with the CG for Harold Ramis. Yeah, there we go. We got there. They did a good job with the CG for uh, Harold Ramis, like, and like. The, the way that they treated most of the story was very sweet. 
Uh, there were a lot of things that had me yelling at the TV, but um, overall it was fun. I don't regret spending a couple bucks on it. Yeah, nice. Good. Yeah. Glad you had a good time with it. Yeah. I've heard pretty good things. I mean, also technically, uh, there's no nothing stopping them from doing the Lady Ghostbusters again, since they're not in the same universe. Except for the fact that like a bunch of they're not going to a bunch yeah. of dude bros uh, like raise such a shit storm. Yeah, it here's so I thought the Lady Ghostbusters was fine. I liked the first two acts. I did not like the third act. That's fair. The third act was just a CGI fuck fest. Yeah. Like a lot of movies of that era are. Um, I just. But I mean, up until I also don't like a lot of go like I don't like the second Ghostbusters movie. I only like the one Ghostbusters movie really all the way through. And in retrospect, I kind of shit like I watched it again for some reason. I was like, oh, a lot of stuff did not I don't age actually well. like this movie anymore. Yeah, I, I don't really like this the show anymore. I have I have a lot of nostalgic fondness for both of the Ghostbusters, both of the OG Ghostbusters movies. Like I'm not a super fan or anything. That was my ex-wife's deal. But um I still really enjoyed them. They have not aged well at all. No. Um but I I deeply enjoyed Lady Ghostbusters because I think all of those women are incredibly funny. They have great chemistry. Um, and really good comedic timing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like it did a really good job of like having the through line be, you know, the power of friendship. And I thought the the speech about the power of friendship at the end was very, very sweet. So, yeah. The yeah, I thought it was a pretty fun movie. I mean, I haven't seen the new Ghostbusters because I just don't have enough why don't we get a live action ghostbusters extreme oh my god that's what i want it's what the people really want that would be fucking incredible (laughs) although really really wasn't that just the video game though kind of like the video game was basically you're the next generation of ghostbuster um yeah but ghostbusters extreme had like real characters as opposed to like bill murray phoning in a fucking vo yeah was that Bill Murray or was that the Bill Murray sound alike? No, it's Bill Murray, I'm pretty sure. Okay. He's just so deadpan because he's not good at doing VO. No, he's not. Also just not a good dude. So Yeah. But yeah, that's the I saw something where it's like Bill Murray got in trouble on a set and I'm like, I thought it was known fact that he's a piece of shit. Like he's Bill Murray. Yeah. Like Nobody who's that good at playing pieces of shit on screen isn't at least a little bit of a piece of shit. Yeah, for real. But yeah, that's that's the cartoon I washed, uh, watched, not washed. Cool. Nothing else? I could have sworn you got into something else. Did I? Mm. Could be wrong. I don't, not since last week. Okay. Yeah. Not that I'm aware of. Like, there's still just like the the low background radiation of uh, random YouTube videos, and also constant buzzing about our flag means death. But fair, fair. Um, 
Meanwhile, while everybody's like, ah, this gay pirate show, me, an intellectual, uh, start watching Letterkenny instead. Uh, <laughs> uh, been watching, I've, I, I have crammed five seasons of Letterkenny into my face since like Friday of last week or whenever the fuck I decided I wanted to start watching Letterkenny. Yeah. Because I don't go well okay it sounds like a lot but there's only like seven episodes a season and they're half hour episodes so like it's not hard to like slam jam a season yeah yeah that's not difficult um, get down jesus christ cat um it's a real fun show if you don't know about letter kitty it's like a, a situational comedy sort of deal set in like a small rural town and in a Alberta can't not Alberta but Ontario Canada I think um and it's very if you like King of the Hill uh but you you've when you go back and you watch King of the Hill and you get really pissed off at like Mike Judge's fucking judginess uh Letterkenny's probably a good show for you there's like lots of wholesome moments just so much swearing and a lot of fighting uh <laughs> There's like a fist fight every episode. Jesus. And they're they're, they're plot critical fist fights. And great music. Just great music selection. So highly suggest a letter, Kenny. Um let's see, what else? Oh, uh, I was assaulted. Uh-huh. I tell you, listener, assaulted. By both Amphibia and the Owl House this week. <laughs> both of which decided to make visual references to Evangelion at me. Uh-huh. Specifically. Yep. Suck shit. <laughs> one, one way more obvious than the other. <laughs> uh, fucking... So in Amphibia, there was like the 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 Shinji and Asuka double kick was visually referenced. But on the Owl House, Luz just finds the sphere, uh, the sphere of um, Longinus. Is that the one? Yeah, I think I think it's the the Lance. Lance, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking mad about it. <laughs> so fucking mad. Ugh. Hey, everybody, it's Brian. Uh, August and I are about to do a very long and aggressive rant about politics. And if you don't want to hear about politics, we completely understand this is a content warning for all of that. Uh, you can jump ahead to 2630, uh, 26 minutes, 30 seconds, and that should get you past it. Thank you. Um, oh, and, oh! I forgot about the the most important cartoon news. The uh, United States continues to, to march towards totalitarianism. Yep. So it's good. Yeah, real good. Feel good about that. Feel so good about that. It's awesome. Love it. Mm -hmm. On the plus side, local piece of shit in my little hometown who moved to my little hometown thinking it was going to be a conservative wonderland was aghast that we're. Not all pitchfork carrying redneck, like hard right assholes. Um, he had made a lot of stink about pushing some like ex like some ultra conservative uh, candidates in like local elections, and almost all of them lost. Oh, good. The only two that won were like unopposed. 
Actually, one was unopposed and one did not want his endorsement. <laughs> um, she was a lady. She did not want his endorsement. And I said to Shannon, well, when the fuck has he ever cared about a woman's consent? Uh, yeah. So. What a piece so of shout shit. Outs to, I'm just going to, hey, Mike, Mark Pulliam, you're a piece of shit. I fucking hate you. And if I ever see you on the streets, it's a fucking on site. I'm just going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> In Minecraft. Yep. You're mm-hmm. going to you're going to join his session in Elden Ring and commit some PVP. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking uh, gank him while he's doing them. the boss. Yeah. Just fucking piece of shit. I hate that guy. Yeah. But I'm glad that all because like he showed up and basically was like all of like because like it, it, it's a con- I'm not here to sugarcoat my hometown. It's conservative. It's not the best place in the fucking world. Right. But like he definitely fucked up coming to a small town and trying to big like big dick us because like the all the people he 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 singled out like Lisa and my cousin, um, you know, some homosexuals uh turns out that in a small town the the homosexuals and like ooh everybody fucking knows everybody so when you come in you're just the outsider like fucking historically folks in the mountains we ain't we don't cotton to loudmouth outsiders (laughs) it's just not really what we do yeah so it is it was one of those situations where like yeah, maybe we disagree on a lot of stuff, but we can all kind of look at this guy and be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <sighs> Just fucking piece of garbage. I hate that dude so fucking much. He, oh, uh, I'm not going to go on a rant about Mark Pullion, but do know, listener, that I have, I have been trying to find his car in Minecraft around town uh, to uh, destroy it utterly. <laughs> I'm like, if I ever find his car in Minecraft in a parking lot, uh, I am going to smash every fucking window on it. <laughs> you know, in Minecraft, I don't blame you. Yeah. So. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, can we can we have so. a quick fuck Joe Biden moment? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So for real, so. Th- United States continues to march towards totalitarianism. Joe Biden, the Democratic Cong- held Congress, could fix this problem. They could do it. Yeah. He should have done it. He could have already done it. They should have done it when Obama was in office, but they didn't. Yep. Uh, Democrats continue to just not wield power that they win. I I absolutely, like, I the next person who tells me this is why you should go vote is going to catch hands like i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not even joking at this point like if somebody tells me just go vote it's like fucker i went and i voted i'm still going to vote like electoral politics is a mean of means of harm reduction theoretically but i swear to god if somebody tells me that voting is going to get us out of this i'm just gonna fucking slap them in minecraft there are levels there are level of fucking degrees where that works too like if you're voting in local elections a lot more power to make meaningful changes on a local level. Yeah. Um, uh, at a federal level, I don't remember voting for a goddamn Supreme court justice. Yeah. 
Uh, I remember the Democrats being a bunch of fucking pieces of shit and not suspending f- the filibuster when uh, the when the Republicans stonewalled a fucking uh, um, Supreme Court justice nomination. And we're in this situation now. Yeah. Yeah. If you so listener, if you're this is your first time. Hi, uh, if but, you know. Our, our official position is uh, fuck Democrats. Uh, fuck liberals. Fuck, fuck liberals. Uh, the, the the liberal left uh, of the United States is are just spineless centrists by comparison to what they fucking need to be to fight the ever right pushing Republican Party that will lead us into fucking ruin. You can't hear it, but I'm just like staring off into the distance as I contemplate like existential dread, you know, and it's like, I don't even have it so bad. I've got some privilege. I'm white. I'm like middle class. Oh, yeah. I'm in I'm I'm in in an even better position. I like I'm a white straight passing dude. Uh, And. We like we theoretically are further off the chopping block than than most folks. Yeah. But like that doesn't mean that we uh, don't that, have empathy or find it incredibly like I don't have the words to describe like the incandescent rage I have at the state of everything especially now. Yeah. Just, just a lot of bullshit. If you're capable, what you need to do, if you're wondering, what can I do? Like look into methods of harm reduction, uh, protests and demonstrations and showing up and being at places works. It does get shit done. Um, Community building, supporting like local on the ground groups mm -hmm. Um, like in this very. You don't necessarily have to if you don't feel comfortable getting out into the streets. um, You can support people financially. If you can't do that, maybe reach out and contact them to see what sort of behind the scenes or organizational help that they need. Like, yeah. Yeah. If If you think donating is not doing things, money fucking makes shit happen. Yep. So, yep. <sighs> okay. I think so. Our episode <laughs> for this week. Yeah, I think I've vented enough spleen to be able to to talk rationally about colorful yeah. children's cartoons. Right. On the plus side, we get to we get to to dunk on. We just get to say a, a cab a lot for the first episode. Uh, this week, we are covering four episodes, 125, 26, 27 and 28. Dug out the good Lars. Are you my dad? And am I my I am my mom. First out is dug out. It came out uh, May 5th online, which I believe they mean leaked. Uh, <laughs> and they debuted on May 9th. Uh, written by Lamar Abrams and Connie, or not Connie, sorry, I was reading reading too fast, Katie Mitroff. Uh, Steven and Connie join Connie's father on a stakeout. Good enough, I guess. It's not like that one that was just objectively wrong and yeah. fake and just terrible from last time. 
Yeah. The episode begins with Connie and Steven on the boardwalk. They get some fucking fry bits. They kind of get us uh, up to speed as to where we are now about everything that's happened with the season. Folks, we are moving into the season finale. If you didn't know, here's the fucking recap. <laughs> All of a sudden, um, Connie's pig dad shows up uh, doing that thing that cops seem to think is fucking funny where they, they pretend to pull you over. and It's not fucking funny, cops. Uh, Steven... Just the goodest boy is like, I've I've committed sins by ordering off menu, which Stephen buddy a little bit. Yeah, I'm not as a person who work who has worked in food service. Don't don't do that unless you know the people, I which I guess he does. And Stephen's request is pretty mild, but don't order off menu if you don't fucking know the people behind the counter. Fuck you. <laughs> um, Just order the shit that's on the menu. It's easiest for everybody involved. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah, Connie's dad is. Here. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing good this this episode. We're bringing a great energy into this. Um, he is in town because the private security firm he works for has been hired by Funland because some shit keeps happening in Funland. Uh, they go on a stakeout. Uh, while in the car, Connie and Steven find some stuff that um, uh, Doug, the titular Doug, has uh confiscated. Uh, Connie dresses up like Carmen San Diego. Steven is Mario and or Luigi. Um, they are Veronica Cucamonga and Peter Pizza Papala. Pizza Papalopolis. That sounds right. I, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> respectively. Uh, they hear a loud crash outside the car and see the metal fence to Funland has just been absolutely fucked. Uh, Doug is concerned because, like, it doesn't look like a kid broke this fence. It looks like it was torn apart. And the kids are like, oh, my God, is it a gym monster? Doug feeling, I guess, um, having his masculinity threatened by two children who are much better at saving the world than him. Uh pushes on with the investigation. Uh, they chase sounds through Funland until they come to the hyperspace, which is the, um, it's the spaceship thing at every carnival, what spins you around and attaches you to the wall. Uh, this starts up once they get trapped inside and it starts up. Uh, Doug slams his own flashlight into his face, which I have questions about, but we will get to in a moment. Um, Steven stops it and they continue looking through uh Funland. Uh, Connie and Steven wonder if this was a gym monster or homeworld gym that could possibly be doing this. Um, as they are walking through, Doug gets trapped by a chain link fence as the uh, the whoever it is that they're chasing runs off. Uh, Connie and Steven chase them down, corner them in the alley when Doug shows up shining light, and it's Onion! He's really scared and confused, and Steven sort of uh, speculates, oh, Steve Onion was afraid of us. Um, that's why he's been running so far because he thought we were chasing him. He thought we were bad guys because he didn't recognize me because of my, my, uh, disguising didn't recognize you guys. Um, Onion seems more distressed than that. Um, but Steven puts everything to, to rest, kind of reassures everybody, gets, uh, Doug to let him off the hook, even though Onion's obviously a fucking child, Doug, um, and everybody goes home when Onion is accosted by two ominous shadows star wipe the end. First two notes. These two are so cute. Yeah. 
a calf. <laughs> Actually, I wrote a dab. All dugs are bastards. Yeah. Um. Um. I. All right, that's a lie. I'm sorry. I've lied to you, listener and August. My first two notes are actually, these two are cute. What do you think of Ronaldo's rashes? <laughs> I I don't want to think about Ronaldo's rash, but he probably deserved it. <laughs> he almost certainly got a rash for some piece of cosplay shit he bought off a of Wish. Yeah, and then didn't actually wash before putting it on. Yep. Um... Yeah. I. So uh, when Connie was like, you know, uh, I, I forget exactly what she said, like, you know, Stephen, uh, you know, Stephen's taking it too seriously or stop taking it seriously. Um, I am reminded that Stephen takes everything seriously and largely at face value. Um, mm mm-hmm. Further, uh, further evidence of Stephen is neurodivergent. Fight me. There's no oh, yeah. way that child is neurotypical at all. Um, and then I, I said, what a fucking cop. Uh, although I was curious who his voice actor was because he sounded really familiar. Uh, turns out mm-hmm. it's uh, Crispin Freeman. Uh, who has also played Winston in Overwatch. Um, so that's... Oh my god, it is Winston from Overwatch. Yeah. Another cop. Yeah. So... This dude just plays cops. Yeah. Although, it'll it'll always baffle me. Well, it won't baffle me, but it's just like... I don't understand how Winston wasn't the darling of the fandom... Like, if he had been literally anything but a gorilla, he would have been the darling of the fandom, anthropomorphism aside. Like, his his backstory is so tragic, and, you know, he's just, like, believing in the power of friendship and, and all sorts of other bullshit. How is he? It, it's because he's a gorilla, and for some reason, people are, like, allergic to thinking that characters who are gorillas are cool, I guess. But I think it's because Overwatch bungled having any sort of backstory for their character so fucking bad. Okay, I that a a they did give like Winston got a cinematic, as I recall. It's true. Winston got more more focus than most. But also, give me just a second. Oh my god! What have I opened? August. Oh, guys, can you guys so, hear that? It's I August to- pulling out their chalkboard with Winston <laughs> pictures and yarn no, on it. I just want to say <laughs> that you're like Overwatch bungled giving any character a backstory to be interesting. Well, 37,276 fix on AO3 would beg to differ with you. <laughs> um, Although I wonder... There's only so many fix because they the fandom had to actually do the work that Blizzard wouldn't. That's That's very true. That's very true. Um, but Come at there, was, me. there was there were like enough crumbs there to assemble a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I I still am kind of sad that I lost steam on my own Overwatch fic because I thought it was pretty good, but uh, that's okay. Um, but yeah, just oh wow, 
I don't know if this proves my point or not. So there's like 37,000 Overwatch fix. Most of it's Mikhanzo, which I don't know what it's tagged now. Now that uh, uh, it's Cassidy, what's his nuts? Because I was like, oh, how many does Apex Legends has? It only has 5,000. Yeah. But also Apex Legends does a lot more, like just does like constant story updates. Yeah. So I don't know if that proves or disproves my point. <laughs> I I think it I think it might I, I think it might prove your point because since it has more defined lore, there's not quite as much room to play around in. Also, like there's probably the inherent racism of the fact that, you know, the cast isn't almost entirely white. Um and I don't know. It's most of the characters who are, who are very interesting are, are like almost certainly, uh, well, I don't know. I see a lot of bloodhound shipping. I feel like I, I retract that statement. I, you know, I, I think it's racism primarily like between racism and having more defined lore. So, yeah, because they also Apex Legends does have the advantage of that it's coming into an existing game franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something created out of whole cloth, even though it definitely sort of, as much as I loathe to admit it, does exceed, you know, the biggest story contributor previous to it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So yeah, I guess fuck Doug. As you yeah, can tell, fuck, August and I fuck are Doug. real fucking on the ball today. Yeah, but yeah, uh, fuck Doug, Adab. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another note early in the episode: the only thing worse than a cop is a rent a cop. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, viewer, I guess if, if the politics ran earlier didn't didn't tip you off, August and I also don't like cops very much. <laughs> I mean, if you want a good reason, like if you want a good uh, uh, rundown of like why cops are shitty, uh, Behind mm-hmm. the Bastards did a really good uh, mini series on uh, policing in the United States, uh, going from mm-hmm. its roots to today uh it's very good very informative i highly recommend it behind the bastards is actually a really good show too so um. yeah uh thought slime also has a very good um thought slime has a very good video about the like the a cap con like conceptualization like what people mostly mean when they say that mm-hmm. um we're not the people. This is a Steven Universe podcast. This is yeah. not the place for this. I don't no. feel like. No, no, no. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry. My next note is about how fucking cute uh, Steven and Connie's costumes are. They're very good. I very much like the, like, seems like great pulls for both of them. Because, of course, Connie would love Carmen Sandiego. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Steven would, of course, love the Mario Brothers. Yes. <laughs> Considering he only owns Nintendo consoles. It's it's very good. Steven's accent is adorable. I I love how like like I said earlier, Steven takes everything seriously. Like even mm-hmm. though this is a, a jokey little thing, he's like he's committed. 
he's he's oh, yeah. in this. He's very here. He's very down for it. Yeah. And I uh, most of my notes are just me, per, me making fun of uh, of Doug personally, <laughs> like as though he's a real person and I'm talking to him. I uh, so my notes are not super helpful, though. Uh, I did note that it does low key feel like they're just there. The Crooniverse is also dunking on Doug. Yeah. The whole episode, like not nearly as much as I personally would love, but like Connie does offer her cop dad a fucking clown nose. So, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think it was Elijah in our discord was like, yeah, that's Connie yeah. saying a cab. And frankly, I agree. Um, it's true. Shout outs to Elijah and our discord um, from whom I forgot again. I once again forgot to ask for episode details, but um, everybody come talk in our discord. It's a good time from a dad perspective. At least <laughs> Doug is not awful. Um, no. Like yeah, I, he seems fine enough. I I enjoyed the fact that he, like, humored Connie mm-hmm. and Steven with the costume stuff. Like, yeah, it it definitely seems as though the Mahesh Warren parents have fucking unclenched. Yes, which is good. I like that. That like they weren't in a good place before, and they're in a much better place than they were. Like they learned and they growed. You know. Yes, uh, I do enjoy that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. God, uh, the whole, the whole thing with the tilt-a-whirl and the, the flashlight, oh my god, that was... Yeah, I had, so, theoretically, that shouldn't have happened to poor Doug, <laughs> in I Doug's mean, defense. I mean, That's it, not how that works. It isn't how that works, but you know what? That's fine. The flashlight said ACAB. <laughs> it's true. Like, the flashlight knows that it was, the flashlight is unwillingly complicit in... The policing of this small town that doesn't deserve it. So it 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 maliciously complied with the laws of physics. Truly. Uh the the spinny around that's like my favorite ride at the goddamn fairs, by the way, is that that spaceship thing. Oh I don't know God. why I really love that goddamn ride. Little little fairs scare me. What? Ain't no better time than the fucking fair in the mall parking lot. It just seems like it, a very good way to die, I guess. They probably have to get shit inspected. Um, probably. One time, my friends and I, we all bought uh, these like foam dinosaur hats from the Dollar Tree. And got real drunk and went to the the fair at the mall parking lot. It was a good time. That sounds like a recipe for vomiting. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. The um, we got at like people would be like, "What's with the hats?" And we were like, "Dino hats is where it's at, yo." And that's that's the whole story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sometimes you make your own fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um I'm not going to lie. I was totally taken. I thought it was Onion before they found Onion. So I, like I feel like they do a very good job at the end explaining how it could have been Onion, but also detailing that like Onion is upset for other reasons. Yes. Like I 
the 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 over what like the sense of like looming dread, especially after this episode, like the sense of looming dread and subverting expectations mm-hmm. and showing that Steven's like everything's OK time right now is super not OK. Like these four episodes, they build in a very good way. I feel oh, like. yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that we watched them all together. Yeah, me too. Because like for one, I just like while I like dugout and the good lars there wouldn't be a whole lot for us to knock an episode out on just them alone but in context it's really good yes yeah and i i Um. definitely think that if we'd taken a break between dugout and good lars uh and uh are you my dad uh i think that some of the tension wouldn't uh would have been bled away from the the viewing experience so yeah they were really meant to be because they were all like this was one big steven bomb so like the the crooniverse very much now that they're they're kind of writing for this release schedule it feels like mm-hmm. um because you can definitely understand like the hype that this builds from like this is episode one in a fucking thing um, with that that instinger, then like next, you know, then the next episode, the next day with the same instinger and really just ramps the fucking tension up. It's it's good writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um that's that's pretty my, much my notes for this. Um Yeah, same. Not a dense episode, but it's like again, these are much more episodes in contexts of a longer thing. Yeah. Because what they're doing, like, because this is really meant to, like, be like, everything's chill, and it's just super fucking not chill. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on to the next episode? Yep. Okay. Moving on to episode 126, The Good Lars. Um, written by Colin Howard and Jeff Liu. Steven, Lars, and Sadie get into the get invited to a party with the cool kids. Uh, s- seven out of ten. Yeah. I feel like they could have mentioned the baking. Yeah, I mean, for what it is, it's like if you're familiar with the show, you understand the tension of Lars and the cool mm-hmm. kids. So, like, yeah, seven out of ten. I feel like that's mm-hmm. about right. Yeah. Episode begins with a big donut. Steven's eating a pumpkin bread cake uh, on the counter. It's shaped like a pumpkin. He's very enamored by it. Uh, Lars is the one who's um, made it. Uh, he is. Uh, he likes the compliments, but he's embarrassed to admit that he likes the compliments. But he did a very good job with the cake. In walks Buck Dewey, and Lars becomes a gay fucking mess. Um, Buck invites Lars and Steven and Sadie to a potluck that they're having over at, um, Sour Cream's house. Um, Sadie's like, oh my god, you got invited to a fucking thing with the cool kids, Lars. And Lars is like, oh my god, I don't know, I'm not gonna go. It's, it's too embarrassing. And Sadie and Steven big up and being like, you can bring something, you can bring something that you baked. Like, you can do this. And he's like, all right. But if I'm going to do it, it's got to be perfect. So back at Lars's house, they're going over different recipes, kicking around ideas until Lars pulls out a recipe book that he has under his bed. Uh, And it is a recipe for an ube cake roll. Uh, He explains to them what an ube is. For those of you who don't know, ube is like a it's a purple yam. Um, It's popular in Filipino dishes. 
Um, it's real good. It is. I highly suggest it. Get I it thought, in the same way they get in this episode, though. Like, just get the the frozen Ube. Yeah, for for a moment, I thought that Ube might be, like, another way to refer to Taro. But Ube and Taro, despite both being tubers and purple, uh, are not the same yeah. thing. Although they are commonly yeah. mistaken for each other. Yeah, they're radically different. And also, like, Jap- like not Taro, but, like, Japanese purple potatoes fun fact are not purple on the inside like i thought they were going to be and are not taro nor are they ube they're just a different purple yam (laughs) yeah um so yeah they're like okinawa uh native yeah so anyways yeah uh uh we go through we get a little montage of them making the ube cake roll at the end uh sadie and uh steven try it and they love it which is good it's like had an ube cake roll it's real fucking good um the so they convince uh lars to make that for the potluck sadie pops out she's gonna go get her stuff for the pop luck pop luck pop luck um leaving lars and steven uh there at home um lars kind of has a little bit of a breakdown where he's like Basically, he's like, yeah, things are going good now, but, like, everything kind of goes to shit every time. Um, and Steven's like, no, th- like, these people aren't going to make fun of you, and if you do, fuck them. Like, if they don't want to be your friend, it's their loss. Uh, but you should put yourself out there. And Lars says, like, oh, that's actually really smart. When would you get so smart, Steven? He's like, well, somewhere between summoning my powers and finding out my mom's a war criminal. Um... Steven pops out uh, to go get his stuff. Um, he shows up at the house party. Uh, he's got sushi. It's actually, apparently, I was like, this sushi feels like it's referencing something. It's referencing one of the shorts that August and I never watch. Um, he's got little sushis. Uh, shortly after that, Sadie shows up with the paper plates. Uh, she's real kind of awkward because she doesn't know anyone there and she was kind of really here for Lars, but Lars isn't here yet. Um, Steven pops outside to go look for Lars and he finds the ube cake roll in the trash all messed up. Uh, he sort of determines that, oh, I guess Lars decided not to come. He goes back inside. Uh, Sadie, him and the cool kids, they all have a pretty good time. Uh, after the party, uh, Steven shows Sadie uh, the cake roll and she gets real depressed. She's like, man, uh, I wish I could just make Lars happy, like force Lars to be happy. And she's like, now I sound like my mom. I really need to work on my shit instead of trying to start keep fixing his, which is like me shouting at my television. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They uh, they go their separate ways. We see those same shadows from the previous episode stalking Sadie. Star wipe the end. Oh, um, boy. So that pumpkin bread looked really cute and really good. And when Lars yeah. said that it was held together with cream cheese frosting, I, I just, I want that in my life, please. Truly. Um... I really very much like would love to eat that. I think that yeah. sounds real good. Um yeah. the <laughs> I wrote here in my notes, 
Lars is somehow the gayest character in this show, despite being despite there being the physical embodiment of lesbianism walking around. Yeah, like <laughs> I, it is nice to see that Lars is a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. Although, like he's he's definitely bi. Like that boy is a bi disaster. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, For garbage, sure. garbage bi disaster. He's awful. Um, mm-hmm. but I do deeply, deeply enjoy his reaction to Buck walking in. And, uh, did you notice that Buck is wearing the guitar dad shirt? I did. I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> okay, good. I thought that was yeah. a cute touch. Yeah. There was also a purple Puma and tiger millionaire, uh, poster in the previous episode that I sent August a screen cap of. Yeah. I had missed that entirely, but that makes me happy even though, that tag team is no longer practicing the wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. My second note is: State Sadie, please stop working on Lars, please. Yeah, you deserve so much better than than to spend your time and energy on this this trash boy. Mm-hmm. Um. Although, like. I don't know if it's necessarily a manifestation of Steven's powers or anything, but when Steven's like, I know I speak Lars, I just can't help but think that this is partially fueled by his superpower of empathy or alternately like the fact that he has occupied Lars's brain before. Yeah, I think it's I think it's somewhere in there. Or just, like, like I think it's a combination of, like, empathy powers, knowing Lars, and then, like, having a more intimate knowledge than, frankly, anyone else of Lars. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how Lars and Sadie just will not admit their fucking feelings for one another whatso goddamn ever. Yeah. Uh, the both of them just not doing great here. Yeah. <sighs> They're such messes, like... I think it they're really good depictions of like the late teen sort of messiness that mm-hmm. most folks acquire. Um like very very painfully accurate depictions of what it's like to be legally an adult but not yet fully baked. Yeah. Also, Stephen calls Rose a war criminal. We're just admitting it now on the show. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you ever wondered what the uh, Cruder versus actual opinion of Rose is, I feel like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad that we share the same opinion. Um, mm. I did really like that exchange between Steven and Sadie about making Lars happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that yeah, was, was possibly the lesson of the show this time right. around. Though, it, I mean, it's not muddied because the characters believe this. And I do wonder. So I guess like big question here is like, do you think Lars show ever showed like was going to go into the party what do you think Lars's intentions were? Because I don't know if he threw the Ube roll away. Because, like, when you see it the second time, it's all mushed up. 
mm-hmm. inside that trash can. And there's a distinct possibility he got just jumped. Yeah. I thought that was the implication. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't see the, well, the thing is it could easily be 50, 50 Lars got there, got real weirded out and decided not to go. Then got, got that's true too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice that it's ambiguous. Yeah. Cause I think they're like, especially with this episode, and especially the last episode, I think they're intentionally because I know what the fuck is coming up next season. Um, they're trying to draw some intentional parallels between like the the way that Lars acts and the way that Steven acts, I think. And mm-hmm. we'll get to this when we get to I am my mom, because I have this idea. I have an idea about what they're going for here. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so the, I like that the cool kids seem to actually do like Lars. Like they think that he's cool and they don't know why he doesn't hang out with them more often. Yeah. The the cool kids have consistently demonstrated themselves to be like nice people. In fact, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've consistently demonstrated that they're generally speaking pretty pretty chill folks who mm-hmm. enjoy things unironically. Like, mm-hmm. you know, also Buck, keep in keep in mind. Sadie hanging out with the cool kids because it comes up next season. Okay. In a great way. Great way. But yeah, Buck has done some stuff that is arguably, not arguably, that that's kind of not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also Mayor Dewey's kid, so he's got a little bit of shit heel in him. Yeah, uh, for sure. And generally when confronted with his shitty behavior, makes changes to his shitty behavior. Yeah. So... so. Yeah, cool kids, consistently cool. Love that for them. Um, I love the fact that they, you know, invited Sadie, like, even though Sadie doesn't know them really, beyond knowing that they're the cool kids. Um, (laughs) Right, they don't know her at all. They don't know her name. (laughs) Yeah. So, that was, you know, again, they're just cool. Um, Um, Sadie's look. I like the 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 hoodie with the blazer vibe. Good mm-hmm. vibe. Uh, Lars is Dave Strider confirmed. Oh, I don't. Who's Dave Strider? Dave Strider is a character from Homestuck who suffers from terminal irony poisoning. Oh, okay. Um, I did. I did honestly I'm gonna really have like to, listener. You don't understand the amount I'm gonna have to cut out of August's fucking audio track they they pulled out the big overwatch winston board now i'm gonna have to cut out the the audio of them pulling out the big homestuck board again it's uh, not it's not a conspiracy <laughs> board when when several members of the crewniverse are you know came from adventure time which is confirmed full of homestuck fans god it's so hard to edit out the tinfoil noises <laughs> Um, we're actually out of tinfoil, so, um, (laughs) um, but, you know, the, that conversation about, like, liking things ironic, ironically, and, you know, not being comfortable being a genuine person was, I thought it was a good conversation. I thought that that was another good thing for, for kids to hear, um, and to to dem- see demonstrated that 
that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Like you got to open yourself up. You, you've got to, you've at some point you have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And if, if those people don't, if the people you open yourself up to don't like the authentic you, then fucking move on. Yeah. No reason to try and win over people who don't like you by yeah. changing yourself. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, the, the kind of, you know, the, the frustrating part of it is the cool kids would absolutely accept an authentic Lars. Yeah, exactly. Um, they would, just, he would show up with that Ube role and they would be like, this is dope. This is the dopest shit. Yeah. But I think, you know, at the end, specifically when um, Sadie was talking about him giving the cool kids a chance, I think it's less about him giving the cool kids a chance and more about him giving himself a chance. Because it's pretty clear Lars doesn't like himself. Oh, yeah. And I think that so much of what happens with Lars's character arc so far has to do with the fact that he doesn't know how to accept that people like him because he doesn't like himself. And so if they if they claim to like him, there must be something, you know, something wrong. They might be wrong or, you know, they just don't know him well enough. Mm -hmm. Which, again, shithead trans teen vibes. Yeah. Man. Um, the first big arc of next season is gonna it's Lars heavy oh boy well I mean that makes so. sense given what happened into in uh I am my mom so yeah so um um but yeah I thought I don't know like I like Lars as a character he's garbage boy stink man mm -hmm. uh but I I like him as a character I like what his character brings out in steven um yeah. i he's like a well-written garbage boy stink man yes he's i like to call him garbage but i also enjoy seeing him on screen because he's not he's not overly annoying as garbage his his character has an arc uh mm -hmm. he interacts in interesting ways with the other characters so just it's it's good character writing. Like it's it's really really yeah. good. And it's gonna get every every character in Steven Universe goes through a fucking journey next season. Oh boy! So I'm so I'm so glad. Um, me screaming at my television. Yes, please stop trying to fix Lars. Yeah, she finally got there after four seasons of us yelling about it. She finally got there. Yeah. I mean, that's something that you have to come to on your own, though. Yeah. Again, you know, good character writing, good character development. Um, good message for kids to hear. Yeah, very much so. So overall, good episode, not necessarily driving the plot forward beyond like the, the stinger at the end, but uh, good stuff, good stuff. Um, all right. We got anything else for the good Lars? 
No, the only other note I have is the note about Ube not being Taro because I had to look that up and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ube is like way, way different tasting than Taro. I'm very curious. Um, I might have to see if I can find uh, some Ube uh, somewhere. You can usually find it frozen like they do, like they have it in the show. Mm-hmm. Um at your local Asian grocer, Taro, I don't know. You might be able to also find it frozen. I know that I can find just straight up Taro at a couple of different places around here, like like whole Taro. Okay. But well, you do. I guess you do live too close to a bigger city than me. Yeah, I live. I don't live as close to like the Asian population center as I used to, but it is a very diverse city. Uh, yeah. So. Um, all right. So these next two episodes, I think we should probably just do Are You My Dad, I Am My Mom. Yeah. One big go, right? Because they are part one, part two of a single story. Yeah. So first up, uh, I Am, Are You My Dad is the 127th episode. It was written by Raven Mollesey and Jesse Zook. I Am My Mom, 128, the season finale written by Hilary Florido and Paul Velico. Um, episode synopsis are as follows. People are disappearing from Beach City and Steven tries to solve the mystery. That's actually fucking dead on. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, oh God, they went right for the fucking heart with this episode synopsis for I Am My Mom. All right, I'm sitting down, lay it on me. Steven struggles to fix his mistakes. Oh, God, they knew what they were doing with that one. Yeah. You know what? That's not true, but I'm going to give like a actually a. (laughs) Yeah, it works in retrospect. And that's that's an interesting way to go with your episode description. Yeah, no, I I'm here for it. That's good shit. So episode starts off. Steven's waiting on some khakis to arrive. Uh, everything is fucking going great for Steven Universe. Uh, Amethyst is cracking up, a, cracking open a couple of cold ones with the boys. Uh, do not ask what the cold ones are. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> Ameth or uh, Pearl and Garnet they are um, having fun building a sandcastle and giving some. I assume gay crabs a home. Uh, but Jamie is late. Uh, Amethyst is like, well, I'll just stay here and I'll wait for Jamie. Will you run down to the big donut on his way down to the big donut? He passes sour cream who is handing out missing, um, posters for onion. Who's been missing presumably for a few days now since the, uh, since the Funland incident, the big donut is closed inside. He finds Barb who says that, um, that Sadie never came home last night, last night being the party that Stephen attended. Uh, Stephen gets extremely upset about this and because they realize that Jamie is also missing uh, and they go uh, on the hunt to find people. Um, <clears throat> Stephen gathers together the Crystal Gems and Connie. Uh, they all go out in separate search parties, Connie and Stephen being the main search party. Uh, oh, I skipped a real big fucking detail there, didn't I? Mm. While Steven is looking for the missing people, he runs into a little blue gem, Aquamarine, who asks, are you my dad? Um, Steven says no. Uh, Aquamarine flies off. Then he calls together the crystal gems. He starts talking about this this new gem and the uh, 
the crystal gems are a little worried because Steven's like, oh, she seemed harmless. And they're like, no one from Homeworld is going to be harmless. <laughs> um, so they all split off into teams, Connie and Steven being a team. They're hunting down this little gem. And Connie sort of proposes like, well, maybe she's also a gem human hybrid since she's looking for a dad. Or maybe she's like a gem who has adopted like a human family or something here. Steven gets really um, excited about this because it would be nice for him to meet somebody who's like him, right? Uh, they go to the clearing where Onion and his little friends uh, used to play. And uh, there, uh, while searching around the premises, Steven gets stuck inside a hollow log and Awkward Marine shows up and starts talking to Connie. Uh, she asks Connie, are you my dad? Um, she's like, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not your dad, but I can help you find your dad. And Awkward Marine's like, no, I don't want your dad. I want my dad. Um... <clears throat> this leads to Steven calling out Connie's name and Awkward Marines goes, wait, wait, you're Connie? And Steven, or Connie excitedly is like, yeah, yeah, I'm Connie. She's like, oh my God. And um, Awkward Marines starts calling for Topaz. Topaz shows up. Topaz is just a big fucker um, who has absorbed all of the missing people in Beach City in a horrified, like a body horror fucking image. They're all stuck inside Topaz. Topaz turns out is a fusion of two Topazes she unfuses and fuses around Connie, ca trapping Connie also in the mass. Uh, Steven goes to fight them, but Aquamarine basically uses, like, zero-point energy to, like, trap, uh, trap Steven and throw his ass against a tree so hard it almost knocks him out, which had to be really hard, because Steven is a tough little motherfucker. Uh, and, uh... He calls out to them, star wipe the end on that episode. We pick up almost immediately in I Am My Mom. Steven has hooked back up with the Crystal Gems uh, and starts describing them. He says that they're an Aquamarine and a Topaz, to which Garnet and uh, Pearl immediately are like, oh my fucking god, we're so fucked, holy shit, we're so fucked. Um, <coughs> so they begin to try and figure out like why they're even here to begin with and they're like maybe they're picking up more people for pink diamond zoo but amethyst is curious to why they're only getting steven's friends uh they don't have a really good answer for that but then steven receives a text message from connie uh showing that she is in Funland, and uh they rush off to go find her it's it's become night in the meantime uh the gems spread out to try and find Topaz and Aquamarine. Steven, try, desperately trying to find Connie, calls her phone. Um, and as he goes to pick it up, he realizes that it's a trap. Aquamarine and Topaz jump them. Uh, as the Crystal Gems try to fight off, uh, or begin to try and fight uh, Topaz and um, Aquamarine, we find out why they're picking up exclusively these people. This is the list of people that Steven talked to uh, Peridot about way, way back at like season one. Yeah, season one uh, of the show. Uh, and there uh, we get the list. Uh, we figure out that it, this is like uh, in a very tangential way, Steven's fault. Uh, but they decide that fuck that. We've still got to beat them. We're going to beat them. Um, though the uh, Aquamarine and Topaz proved to be a lot more ruthless than basically any any opponent that the Crystal Gems have fought so far. Uh, using the humans as shields, 
uh, even going so far as Aquamarine threatening to murder one of the fucking just murder them until the that uh, till Steven and the Crystal Gems comply and show her where my dad is. Um, Steven's like, OK, we can't let that happen. And so he offers himself up saying that he is my dad. Uh, his plan here, and I feel like it's a sound plan, uh, is to get captured by Topaz, then bubble and split Topaz, then free everybody. Turns out, though, Topaz, she too thick. Um, and Steven can't quite get the bubble off. Uh, they get into the spaceship. Um there's a lot of Hubble and Bubble till finally Steven is able to bubble uh, and dissipate Topaz. Chaos ensues as the Topazes uh, try and get everybody back together. Steven and Connie are fighting them uh, pretty aggressively. Um, we see Lars uh, kind of chicken out of the fight and run low into the lower decks of the ship. Um, finally, they're able to open the ship door once they feel that the ship has has kind of like um, clattered to a stop. It is Alexandrite. Uh, she has stopped the ship from moving forward, uh, pulls it down. As everybody's getting ready to jump off, the day is saved. Um, Aquamarine shows back up with the zero point energy thing and catches everybody. Steven feeling like they've played literally every card they have to play. Uh, fesses up. He isn't uh, his dad. He isn't my dad. He's his mom. Uh, he says that I am Rose Quartz. I'm the leader of the Crystal Gems, and I'm somebody the Diamonds want way more than these humans. Uh, let them go, and I'll go with you, no questions asked. Um, Aquamarine accepts this deal, uh, much to the chagrin of everybody. Uh, nobody wants this to happen except for Steven. Uh, we end the... We end the season by Steven turning around as the door closes, saying, I love you, Starwipe, the end. <sighs> yep. Yep. Why does Steven need to look distinguished? What function is he going to that he needs distinguished khakis? I feel like Maybe. that's the biggest question anyone's going to have coming out of these two episodes. I know. It... So I feel like we've got plenty of evidence that Steven likes cosplay or at the very mm -hmm. least likes dressing in different ways. Yeah. So it's not at all out of character for him to just want distinguished pants for the sake of having them to wear them at some point. I don't think he needs a function to wear distinguished khakis. Yeah. I guess there's also no place in Beach City for him to go buy distinguished khakis. Yeah, you it's all why board shorts. Them. Yeah, that's true. You're not going to find many khakis in Beach City. Um, I can't believe the, the Amethyst is drinking beans. I just, how do you pitch that in the writer's room? Like, And then it's going to be revealed that Amethyst is in fact drinking whole cans of beans. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I was disgusted, but I wasn't truly, surprised. Truly, because like, it's one thing to eat the beans. It's another thing to drink the bean goo. Yeah. Ugh, At least so they were bad. black beans. Yeah. Black still, beans though. are okay. It, it's, it's still not great. No. Definitely I do like not. that we get to see some like day off gems. Like what do the gems do when they're just chilling, right? Yeah. 
it's very nice. Like Garnet and Pearl building the little sandcastle for the crab is very cute. Oh, very adorable. it's so cute. I I fucking love that they did that. Um, just it's just so it's so wholesome. It's so wholesome and good. It's it's I feel like it is some character development because you know the last one of the last times we saw them on the beach, quote unquote, having fun was with the uh, pizza family. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was very forced in a lot of ways. And now this is this is clearly something they're doing of their own accord. Um, and they're they're genuinely enjoying themselves. Yeah. Again, character development. Um, yeah, it's a very good. Very, very good. Uh, Barb, don't make copies of your fucking daughter's keys unless she says to have one. Barb. Yeah. Uh-huh. The fuck, Barb? This is deeply distressing. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any... Are there any good moms in Beach City other than Pearl? <laughs> uh, oh, Vidalia seems fine. Yeah, you're right. Vidalia seems fine. She's She's doing her best given the fact that mm. Onion is Onion. Yeah, uh, and sour cream is sour cream. Sour cream has experienced character development too. Like he's mm-hmm. he's he appears to have made his peace with Yellowtail because he called him Yellow Dad. Uh, yeah, I mean they had that one big of these episodes. Moment. Yeah, they probably still don't see eye to eye, but they accept each other. Um, um let me go on. Goddamn, I fucking love Aquamarine as a bad guy. Oh, she's good. She's so she's, good. She she is this she is the third season Sailor Moon bad guy. Oh god, yes. Absolutely. Oh man. No, she's a really great bad guy. Um I was interested because she appears to have some minor water powers. Um, but I don't think I don't know if Aquamarine and Lapis are really like closely related gems structurally. Mm-hmm. But I I guess I'm I'm like supposed to love Aquamarine because that is my birthstone. Uh, fair. I still want to know when did Steven try to trade beans for uh, donuts? Uh, when didn't Steven try to trade beans for donuts? I mean, we haven't seen him try to trade beans for donuts at any <laughs> point, although we very rarely see Steven pay for his donuts. Um, like, usually he just comes in and gets the donuts and we don't see the transaction. <coughs> True. Although it makes sense that living with the gems, he doesn't really grow up with a really clear sense of like what money's for until later in life. Yeah, that's fair. And still, it's not he seems like to his... have a tenuous grasp on it. Yeah, it, it's not like his dad helps. No, charging three dollars for a fucking car wash. Right, sir. Does that even cover the water cost? 
Um, but yeah, Barb is is deeply distressing. That's such a huge invasion of privacy, and I just it gives me hives. Barb gives yeah, me hives. It. Don't like it. Um, super don't like it. Also, I love Lars isn't her boyfriend. God damn it, not anymore. Get with the program, yeah. Barb. Yeah. Um, I did love the uh, uh, the the comparison of drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I love uh, Connie adding cat ear cat ears because she's a fucking weeaboo. It's true. Um, it's true. I did love that little detail. And Connie I love some nerd shit. I loved Pearl's rendition. That's all like flowery and really skilled. And she's like, "Oh, I can't even draw a circle." Like I hate those people. <laughs> when I still Truly. drew, I hated those people. It's like, oh, I can't draw at all. And then it's just like lovingly rendered piece of art that's like billions of light years beyond my skill set. And I'm just like, fuck you. But that's one of those reasons why I try not to be at least publicly down on my art because who knows if I would be the same person who's like well if you think this is bad and it's really good then what would you think of my art so just a lesson if you're down on your craft remember the people who can hear you be down on your craft mm-hmm. um, but god um, it's too real also Garnet just drawing herself she likes herself that's not what's going on here, Garnet. No, but it's still very cute. And then Amethyst just going more for a feeling. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about like the body horror aspect of this episode with Topaz and Topaz. Mm-hmm. Um, just because... Well, we haven't had any body horror for a while, so it was about time that we had some body horror. Boy, Um, did they bring it this time. Yeah. Um, It does have interesting implications about, like, the interaction of, like, gym, quote-unquote, anatomy and human anatomy. Um, And the fact that they can do that without killing the humans is very interesting. The fact that they either knew that or figured it out uh, really quickly uh, is also uh, distressing. Like, there's nothing that I like about... Well, okay. I'm a, I'm a body horror fan, but, like, in-universe, there's nothing I like about the implications of any of this. Um, but, uh... I guess this this just further demonstrates that like uh, humans, you know, why humans and gems wouldn't be able to fuse because of the the differences between like the hard light bodies and the organic human flesh and how they can and can't go together. But yeah, we were due yeah, for some body horror. True, but also. <laughs> I feel like I do. I feel like we should. I I need to not think about the deeper implications of Steven Universe's hard light bodies. Yeah, uh, so I'm like, oh, but how did Steven get born? And then I start thinking of things. 
Yeah, I mean, we've gone off on the tangents about, like, can gems have babies with humans, like, mm-hmm. in general, and, like, what it takes. You know, we've had those conversations in the Discord. I know Shannon and I talked about it pretty extensively, and we decided that, like, if gems are... And you were part of this conversation, too, I think. It was a while ago, but it's like, if gems are the carrying parent, then that's where problems get caused. But if gems mm-hmm. are the non-carrying parent, then it's probably fine. Yeah, thus Onion being alive. Yes. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, just... I don't know. There, are, Obviously, the Crooniverse is more interested in telling a heartfelt story than in having, like, completely thorough and consistent... Uh, explanations for all of the sci-fi you know sci-fi sci-fantasy bullshit Mm -hmm. um but that doesn't mean it isn't fun to occasionally think about and also like point out right of course it wouldn't Um, be fun if i couldn't take it too seriously right (laughs) uh also the only thing stronger than steven universe a kid who has been shown to pick up like whole big rocks one rotten tree yeah. He's got like fucking old school Green Lantern powers where shit doesn't work on wood, I guess. His weakness is the color brown. Mm-hmm. Um also I wrote I'm just gonna send you this note I wrote knowing what was coming up next. Where Connie is like, we're gonna do this together, Steven. <laughs> this is this is how I notated this. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Separate bullet points. One says together, Stephen. The other one says together. Then a new bullet point, Stephen. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Little buddy's having a bad time. Yeah. Also, I like that. I honestly love that Aquamarine, after they've had like. Like at the last season, they beat Jasper, the the biggest opponent they've beaten up to that point. They they they've been dumpstering on all these these homeworld gems, right? But like they really make good on the fact that like Pearl and Garnet are afraid of this Aquamarine by Aquamarine just fucking like fucking them up. Like mm-hmm. no no effort, no worry, fucking them up. Like if it was just Topaz, I feel like the team could take Topaz. Oh yeah. Like she seems real strong, but she's not like, you know, they 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 could take on Topaz. Uh, Aquamarine is like a different level of bad guy. Yes. I think um I think the lapis comparison kind of continues where it's less about like her her power does not lie in her physical strength, it lies in the way that she can manipulate things. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, you know, the whatever magic beam her, her ribbon wand produces. Um, but yeah, it's, they definitely did a really good, a really good job with setting these up as, as villains that the crystal gems can't necessarily take on mm-hmm. in tandem. Um, I definitely agree. Um, 
I guess sort of moving on, um, like, I like how they, they roll this, like, they've been trying to, like, show you that, like, Steven has taken on too much of this responsibility he's laid upon himself, and he's made some steps forward, but, like, when push really comes to shove, he's just like, ah, yes, me, I'm the problem, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, I also you're do right. love that we we don't really get like outside of showing us um what was going on, we don't really get an explanation as to why Topaz and Aquamarine in particular are such a big like holy shit, oh fuck deal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um Steve, I wrote in my notes when Steven's like, well, it's because my friends are the best. I'm like, Steven, no, they took Lars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Steven has consistently seen the best in Lars, so. Mm -hmm. Like, Aquamarine is so fun and so bad. She's just like, she's she's the most objectively bad guy since, like, Eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. She's so fun. Um, sometimes it's nice to have just, like, an unrepentant bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just, they, they immediately go for, like, yeah, this is gonna be a dark episode, y'all. Just deal with mm-hmm. it. Like, the, the look of fucking pure terror on Jamie's face is, like, Topaz's big goddamn hand grips his whole head. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. wow. Wow, that's legit terrifying. <laughs> It's good shit. It's real good shit. Like, I feel like you can level all sorts of uh, criticisms at the Crewniverse for, like, the way that their character art is quote-unquote off-model and things like that, but I don't think you can ever argue that they are not good with expressions and animating the characters. Like, I can't think of... Outside of a couple of small... Uh, exceptions that I think were intentional. Well, one of them I know was intentional. Um, You know, outside of a couple of intentional uh, exceptions, their character animation is always just really on point. IMO. Yeah, for real. Um, Topaz too thick. Yeah, Topaz too thick. (laughs) Um... I love like the second he gets free, he's just already like he's he's way too in his head about the the, the fucking situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <clears throat> in his mind, it's all his fault. Yeah. You know, it's it's absolutely not the fault of the people who chose to send Topaz and uh, Aquamarine. It's you know not at all. I mean, I hesitate to say it's Peridot's fault because she's since uh, reformed herself. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's, you know, kind of Peridot's fault. She's the one who sent the report. Right. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Like, Steven didn't understand Homeworld the way that he understands Homeworld. Now, it's partially the fault of the Crystal Gems of not really explaining the situation properly to him when yeah. they first started encountering. Yeah. 
like realistically Steven shouldn't have said anything like mm-hmm. all every day is shut the fuck up Friday yeah. um but at the same time like he cannot assume sole responsibility for no, this like not he all. is not the sole reason this is <laughs> happening no not even close um, but they do such a good job of like explaining to you why Steven's thinking this, why he oh, yeah. thinks he has to do these things. Oh yeah. Um, and big fuck you to Lars. Yeah. I said, I have in all caps, Lars, you piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this is a very interesting conversation with, uh, lion four. Um, with like the messaging of lion four and how it's like, you know, you don't have any particular destiny other than to be yourself um, versus, you know, how he's basically stepping into the role of his mom uh, in this particular instance, just like it's, it's clear that he did not necessarily internalize what his father said. Mm hmm. Um, but it's, it's clear in a, in a way that seems very reasonable. Um, like, especially because it's like, you know, he's the one who's in this position. So he's the, you know, he's the one who has the gym. Anybody like, you know, anybody could have had that gym. Like Steven could have been anybody, but they would have still been the person to have that gem and to potentially be in that position. But also like accepting that quote unquote mantle to take on the responsibilities of all the things that his mother left behind, you know, all the loose ends that she didn't tie up that kind of thing. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's really good. I, again, love the character writing in this show. Yeah, and I think what I was referring to earlier is, like, the parallels they're setting up with, like, Lars and Steven is, Mm -hmm. like, the – there is an inherent level of, like, focusing too much on your own interiority, not necessarily selfishness, but, like, not being able to see see beyond your own feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to set up that parallel between the two. They're both doing – self-centered things for different reasons mm-hmm. like Lars is being more overtly self-centered but Steven's still like not considering the effects this is going to have on the people that he you know that love him like yeah sure Rose didn't want you to do this neither does literally anyone else that you know like yeah but you think that you're the only one with the answer and you're not working like you're not seeing the value in the people who are there with you mm-hmm Yeah. Um, and like, listen, I don't necessarily know if Steven's ploy was correct or incorrect. Uh, you know, yeah, I, it seems like he didn't really have a whole lot of other cards to play. Yeah. And, um, but going going back to like Steven kind of like being turned inward, we've always known that Steven isn't very good when it comes to managing himself. Mm hmm. Like he's he's very good at externalizing his emotional uh, his emotional intelligence. But when it comes to using that on himself and stopping and examining what's going on with himself, 
he's bad at it. Yeah. He's always been bad at it. Terrible at it. Thing notoriously a thing teenagers are bad at. <laughs> yes. That's right. He is a teenager now. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been a teenager. He's been 13 and 14 now for a while. So, but yeah, things, things teenagers are notoriously bad at. But it's um, fun that he's bad at it in a different way than Lars is, though. True, true. And Lars is also an older teenager than Steven. Yes. Uh, but damn, what a fucking way to end the season. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote in my notes this show. This season ends like a show that knows they're not getting renewed next season. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I wrote fuck all the way off. Yeah. Uh, very good. I feel like at the very least the last like it feels like this season has really been laser focused on building up to this. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is where they wanted to get to and they did a lot of steps to get you here and it feels earned by the end of it. I don't think this is a yes. perfect season. There's a lot of missteps here, but like they do a pretty good store- job getting you to this point in this season. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and the last four episodes, real bangers, like real bangers leading up. Like if you're going to finish, finish strong. Mm hmm. Yeah. God, I I do like how. Like, Connie is the last person to say something to Steven before he's like, I love you. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, realistically, like, that's probably directed at everyone because he does love everybody there in different ways. But Um, Also, did you notice that the uh, Connie's ringtone on her cell phone is the song that they danced to in Alone Together? I noticed that um, it had changed, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that that's what it had changed to. True. That's so cute. They're very cute. They're very cute. <laughs> Shit's going to get real sad with them next season. Oh. There are consequences for Steven's actions. Oh, buddy. Lord. Yeah, I think that's my final note is fuck all the way off. Um, <laughs> Truly, I cannot wait to pick up. We pick up just fucking raging. Uh, do not slow the fuck down next season. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look here. Uh... <laughs> let's uh, what a it might be worthwhile to watch the first four episodes of season five together too okay um because they're really like bang 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 mm-hmm. and we'll probably end up have to do the same thing at some point like we did this season i think it'll uh, you know what? Probably this season, next season is going to get real weird with watch order. Oh boy. 
uh, yeah, because like the beginning and the end of the season are very a lot. And also, like I, we could probably legitimately just do a single episode on the, a single pale rose, and not have to do like we're that's gonna be a fucking episode right there. Oh, we'll talk about it. Okay. But what we're watching in our break between seasons while we get art done at the last minute again because we're fucking bad at this. Uh, we are watching the first three seasons of Our Flag Means Death. And by seasons, I mean episodes. If only we got a second and third season, that would be great. (laughs) HBO. Do it, you cowards. Probably, honestly, from what I've seen speculation-wise, is the reason it hasn't been announced for renewal is because there's so much uh, stuff going on with the buyout and that it almost certainly will be renewed. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing as well, but I'm trying not to hold my breath or get my hopes up because, Mm -hmm. you know, gays can't have nice things. Yeah. Also, for everybody out there, apparently there's a... um, Another show that's on HBO Max, was it called Gentleman Jack or something like that? Yeah, we talked about it briefly uh, mm-hmm. last week, but yeah, okay. Gentleman Gentleman Jack. Yeah, so that's like, it, it's Bridgerton, but gay, or based on historical fact, where Bridgerton's just more of like a vibe. Um... So we'll be watching those uh, three episodes. Um, you can find Our Flag Means Death on um, on HBO Max or anywhere where you get pirate content. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, um, yep. Uh, let's see. After that, who knows? Yeah. Well, I got word back from Lou. They're gonna hit that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be able to do that time frame, so we can we can just go into season five just fine. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Big shout out to Lou, who's done all of our our logos and is uh, continues to be a real one. Yeah, for real. Uh, our sh- other shows, they're all still going. You know what's up? I'm so tired. I've got sinus infection. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Brian. It's okay. I'll survive. It's just like, uh, um, yeah. doesn't help with it. Like my brain is already fucking discombobulated from the state of the world. Yeah, no, uh, valid. All right. Well, uh, I think you did it last time. Yeah, I believe so. Though it is the end of the season, which I believe, historically speaking, we do at the same time. Okay, we'll cut this out. I'm going to message you what I want to say. Okay. You should watch that promo from Stephen Regal that I sent you. I will. I just didn't want to do it while we were recording. No worries. You should do it. We should record it, though, because it's such a good promo. I'll put it at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) 
Okay, got it. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good audience, we implore you. Be, be like, like Cookie, Cookie Cat, Cat and, and leave everyone, everyone you love behind while you, while try, you to try to shoulder, shoulder the, weight the weight of the, of the world, world alone. alone. Peace. Peace. <laughs> I'm going to have such a hard time syncing that. If you need me to retake it, I'll retake it. It's fine. No, fuck it. It'll just be a jumble. I don't give a shit. <laughs>